This is the OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Get the home field advantage with health care coverage from Farm Bureau Health Plans. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. I'm Mike Keith in Mobile, Alabama, preparing for the 73rd Reese's Senior Bowl. The game is now at Hancock Whitney Stadium on the campus of the University of South Alabama, And as I've had a chance to go to that campus, very impressed. USA, the Jags, as they are well known in this part of the world, they have something going on. Their stadium's beautiful. As I mentioned, the campus itself is very pretty. Good place to have the Senior Bowl. It'll be the American team against the national team on Saturday at 1.30 Central. But the daily practices are just as important as the game because... The practices are conducted in pads, and there's hitting, and there's competition, and there's intensity. You have almost all of that on every single play in practice. More importantly, there are players. Now, there probably is not a player who will be taken in the top 10 or even the top 15 in this year's NFL draft in Las Vegas. NFL draft expert Daniel Jeremiah just put out his top 50 this week, and Pittsburgh quarterback Kenny Pickett is the highest-rated senior bowler. He's at number 18. Well, after Pickett comes a flood of senior bowlers as Jeremiah ranks Florida State edge rusher Jermaine Johnson at number 20, Penn State outside linebacker Arnold Ibakati at number 24, Northern Iowa offensive tackle Trevor Penning, 25th. Central Michigan offensive lineman Bernard Raymond, 28th. Liberty quarterback Malik Willis, number 35. North Carolina signal caller Sam Howell, number 36. Alabama defensive tackle Fedarian Mathis is 37th on Jeremiah's list. Georgia defensive tackle Devontae Wyatt, 38th. Massive Minnesota offensive tackle Daniel Falalele, all 6'8", 387 pounds of him, is 41st. Colorado State tight end Trey McBride is number 42, followed by the University of South Alabama's own wide receiver Jalen Tolbert at 43, Auburn cornerback Roger McCrary at 45, Coastal Carolina tight end Isaiah Likely at number 46, Louisiana offensive tackle Max Mitchell is 48. And Houston defensive lineman Logan Hall is 49 on Daniel Jeremiah's list. You get the picture. There are players in Mobile this week. Phil Savage put the Senior Bowl on an upward path, and Jim Nagy has taken it even further as executive director. Today, the Senior Bowl is no longer some autograph session. It's truly the first step toward the draft in terms of quality and numbers. 900 media members are covering it this week, and all 32 teams have an army of people here in Mobile, Alabama. Jim Nagy is very proud of that and proud of the way the Senior Bowl has developed 
in his tenure. Since we've been here four years, got here four years ago, and really tried to pattern this after an NFL personnel department. So we scout these players just like the teams do. We had seven former NFL scouts on our staff this year, 120 years of experience. So that's a, that's a lot of lot of proven eyeballs, right? Those guys know what they're looking at. So yeah, we have the country broken up. Just do it the same way the teams do. We're watching tape every day. We're at games every Saturday. And then, you know, with me being in the league for a couple decades, you know, just leaning on those relationships. Being able to call director-level guys and GMs and talk about where they have players great and having really open dialogue and back and forth so so that helps and then just the buy-in from the players you know we really use social media hard over the last few years to recruit these guys I told them last night so right now 38 percent of the NFL on opening day rosters has played in the senior bowl you know in the last three years since we've since we've been here of all the players who brought to Mobile 89 percent of those guys have made rosters as rookies so they're making it but that's all it just just give a lot of credit to our scouting staff they, they put in a lot of work in the fall and got to thank the NFL teams it's a good collaborative process the Senior Bowl has produced 20 first-round picks in the last three years. There were six in last year's draft. There will likely be double-digit first-rounders to come from this game, in part because six of the top seven-rated quarterback prospects are here in Mobile. It's an interesting group. You know, we've had the Josh Allens and Russell Wilson and, and Dak Prescott and, and uh, Justin Herbert, but this class is different because there's so many up at the top. I mean, the six guys we have are really packed in tight. I would say, you know, outside of Bailey Zappi from Western Kentucky, he's probably more of a third, fourth round guy right now. The other five are all have first round grades, you know, to some level within the league right now. So it'll be really interesting to see how that shakes out. I think the, the most intrigue will be around Sam Howell from North Carolina Malik Willis from Liberty because they're a little bit similar in the sense that they're both good players. They both have a lot to work with, but they physically have a lot to work with. But on their teams this year, they had to do a lot on their own. You know, Sam Howell lost two guys that were starting NFL running backs this year as rookies. He lost two NFL wideouts. You know, and Malik being at a smaller school like like Liberty, he didn't have NFL playmakers around him. You know, they struggled to protect him. So both those guys had to do a lot on their own this year. So I think the league is really looking forward to seeing these guys with good supporting cast and see what that will look like. Because again, this year the tape evaluation was difficult because they're having to do so much on their own. All right, so this is a fan-type question, but I always love this. I asked Jim Nagy his most interesting storyline of the week. I think if you just keep it to the O-line, D-line, I think both those groups are really strong. I think everyone loves watching the one-on-ones between the big guys, and that's always fun for fans because, you know, even the casual fan, if you watch a game and there's 22 moving parts, you know, the casual fan has a hard time sorting all that out. But if you watch one guy against another, you know who wins, right? Like, we all want to know who wins a matchup. You know, we've got five or six edge rushers in this group we think could be first-round picks. We've got six or seven offensive linemen we think could be first-round picks. So there's going to be some really good battles in the trenches. Backing up Jim Nagy's claim about the offensive linemen and defensive linemen, here is draft expert Dane Brugler's top five non-quarterback prospects at this year's Senior Bowl. Number one, Trevor Pennick, the offensive lineman out of Northern Iowa. Number two, Bernard Raymond, the offensive lineman out of Central Michigan. Jermaine Johnson, the edge rusher from Florida State is number three. Keon Johnson, the unbelievably talented guard who's playing center this week from Boston College is number four. And then Houston defensive lineman Logan Hall, who could be an inside player. He could be an outside player. He's a very talented defensive lineman. He is at number five. So let's talk edge rushers, which is always a topic for Titans fans. Who are the edge rushers that have a chance to answer questions during Senior Bowl week. 
That's what I asked Jim Nagy. Start with Jermaine Johnson at, at Florida State. You know, he's a, he, he was a guy that was a backup at Georgia, transferred to Florida State this year, won ACC Defensive Player of the Year. But in terms of, like, true production, there's really one year, you know, so they want to see you know, they want to see him down here. You've got Arnold Ebichetti from Penn State, who, who, you know, we're big fans of on our staff. He was at Temple last year. He goes to Penn State, has one really good year. Well, let's see him, let's see him down here. You know, a guy like D'Angelo Malone from Western Kentucky, two-time, you know, Player of the Year there in, in Conference USA. What's he going to do with the ramp up in competition? So, yeah, I mean, those three guys right there, we're talking, you know, could be first round picks, but those are three of the guys. There's like, like I said, five, six, seven of them. Cam Thomas was the Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year. He should have a big week. A lot of people think he's like Max Crosby. Yeah, all these guys in those one on one periods are going to be critical <laughs> to see what these guys do. If you are shopping for a tight end, Jim Nagy says you can find any maker model at the 2022 Reese's Senior Bowl. I've kind of called it the Baskin-Robbins tight end group. There's there's a lot of different flavors. We usually struggle to get six guys in this game. We feel really strongly about getting drafted. And this year we brought nine, and we probably could have got to 12. It's an unusually deep and talented tight end class, probably led by Trey McBride from Colorado State, who won the Mackey Award. A lot of people don't see the Mountain West guys play much out east, but Trey's athletic. He can block you. There was a game this year where Colorado Rams had 110 yards. He had 109 of them. Like, think about that. Like, what offense is that? Like, everyone in the stadium knew they were trying to get the ball to Trey McBride and they couldn't stop him. But, yeah, great tight end class. Among the tight ends, we've already mentioned one in Isaiah Likely. Recruited to Coastal Carolina from Cambridge, Mass. He weighed 215 pounds, but he knew all along what head coach Jamie Chadwell's design was. He wanted to make Isaiah Likely a big-time pass catcher at tight end. After catching 15 touchdowns in his first three seasons likely exploded with a 59-catch, 912-yard, 12-touchdown season in 2021. The highlight of his year was one of college football's most incredible performances. Eight catches for 232 yards and four touchdowns against Arkansas State. Likely knew what a great day it was, likely when his scoring started from 99 yards away. I'd say once I took the 99-yard touchdown, I just told my coaches on the headset it's going to be a long day for them. <laughs> I mean, I, I was just in the zone, and then coaches just kept feeding me, and I just kept going for the motto, go for six. And when I had three, coach was going to tell me, you know, I was shut down because we was already up by so much. And I told coach, I was like, coach, I'm trying to get this Wendy's. I'm trying to go four for four. And he was like, okay, let's go it then. Then there's the chart topper at tight end. Colorado State's Trey McBride. McBride's first big decision was one that he did not follow through on, as he chose not to leave Colorado State after entering the transfer portal when it looked like the Rams were not going to have football during the 2020 pandemic season. At first, my school wasn't going to play, so I actually went to the transfer portal looking for opportunities, you know, maybe in the SEC or somewhere else to, to go play my, my junior season. And, and uh, you know, the plan was to go play a year at an SEC school, and, and then I'd leave after that season. And then all of a sudden, Colorado State ended up deciding to have a season. So, you know, I didn't want to leave CSU, so I came back, played the four games, and I just, you know, I wasn't ready to leave yet. I didn't feel like... I was ready for the NFL. I didn't feel like I had accomplished everything I'd wanted to accomplish there at Colorado State. So, you know, it was a tough decision. A lot of, you know, people and, and things that were involved in that. But I ultimately decided to come back and didn't look back since. Colorado State played just four games in 2020. But it all kicked in for the 6'3", 249-pound McBride last season 
as he caught 90 passes for over 1,100 yards and won the John Mackey Award in the process as the nation's top tight end. All that was great, but for Trey McBride, it really started with learning everything about what a tight end can do in an offense. I really liked the coaching staff they brought in. Coach Adazio was a, a really big offensive line guy, so I, I knew I wanted to learn from him and, and really perfect my, my blocking and, and things like that. So the development I would have got under him was, was crucial. So that was another huge reason I came back. And ultimately, you know, I just wanted to fine-tune my game. I wanted to make sure everything was perfect. I wanted to be a guy that people can rely on. I wanted to know the offense inside and out, you know, every position, not just the tight end. So I wanted to be a resource for all of my teammates that they could rely on me. If they didn't know what route they were running or they didn't know who they were blocking, they can ask me. And and that's kind of what I did. I was just kind of the guy out there that did everything and and ran the show. And and it was just a lot of fun. And and ultimately, you know, I I had a lot of fun. Um, I was the the focus of the offense, so I got plenty of receptions. and, And it was just, it was a blast to play this last season. You know, I wish we won more games, but ultimately, you know, it was, it was an awesome, awesome time, and, you know, I didn't look back once. Okay, so you're listening to Trey McBride, and you're saying, oh, he's one of those oversized wide receivers playing tight end. <laughs> McBride begs to differ, my friend. He likes to block, and he's very proud of his blocking. I'm a really dominant physical blocker. You know, I feel like I'm the best tight end blocking guy. That's what I pride myself on. That's what I... I had to start to, to get on the field. That's what I had to do when I first got to Colorado State. I had to block to get on the field. And then, you know, it just kind of happened to where I, I kind of transformed into more of like the receiving guy because we didn't really have much else. But, you know, it was, it was just cool. I think I can do it all. I think I can be a, you know, four down and tight end, three down tight end. I can block. I can run routes. I can do it all. So that's something I really pride myself on is being so versatile and, and being able to, to, you know, play multiple positions and, and do multiple things on the field. There are several Mobile area heroes here at the Reese's Senior Bowl, including Auburn cornerback Roger McCrary. The Mobile Williamson standout was not highly recruited, but he became a good player at Auburn as the years went by. In 2020, he was a good player. And then came 2021. He went from being a good cornerback to being an All-American, a shutdown corner. How did he do it? From my 2020 season to my 2021 season, it was um, mainly about me being more smarter as a football player. The new coaching stuff came. I feel like they helped me more with that with my football IQ, but recognizing the play before it happened, looking at the receiver alignment. So that gave me a good advantage to what going to happen before the play even started. Another guy who took a big jump at cornerback in 2021 was Tennessee's Alante Taylor. After an up-and-down first three seasons in Knoxville, Taylor got a huge boost this past season when the Vols rehired veteran secondary coach Willie Martinez. Coach Martinez meant a lot to me, a guy who believed in me from the jump, recruited me in high school to come to Tennessee, and then just being able to get coached by him after building that little relationship that we did throughout recruiting. And, you know, he, he brought the best out of me. He taught me different things into my game that allowed my game to go to the next level, and I appreciate him for that. Alante Taylor may be a safety at the next level, and the Coffee County football legend isn't thrilled with that, but says if safety is in his future in the NFL, so be it. He is, however, much more enthusiastic when talking about his desire to not just play special teams, but to excel 
on special teams. I love being a gunner. I love running down the field, rather be as a missile on kickoff team or even being a corner on punt return, just uh, getting my guys as much space as possible. And, you know, we had a pretty good turnout with that with Bayless Jones being our returner and, you know, being a corner in that situation, allowing him to get to the end zone. It's, it's all a team game, right? And it's just fun to do things like that. Speaking of special teams, if you're looking for a kicker, punter, or even long snapper, they are here in Mobile at the Reese's Senior Bowl. Former Georgia punter Jake Camarda has impressed early, not only with his booming punts, but with his ability to punt directionally and situationally and even kick off. When NFL teams find punters who can do it all, it seems like they hang on to them until they're 60 years old. Camarda wants to prove that he can be one of those guys. Just coming out and trying to show that, you know, that you're a consistent punter, that you can do everything that teams are going to need you to do. Just show that you're one of those guys, you know, one of the one of the 32 that are the best in the world. And to prove to the people that, you know, you can do this at a high level and at the highest level and that you're going to be able to stick around for a long time and be able to do it till you're 60 years old. Jake Camarda benefits from something else. He punted four seasons in the Southeastern Conference. It doesn't matter the position, even punter. SEC players have been in the fire, and NFL teams know it when they draft them. Whether it comes to, you know, trying to hit a punt late in the game, or I can even think back to last year, you know, putting down a a field goal for a game winner, you know. There's always pressure, there's always big moments, but playing in the SEC definitely helps you because you've been there. You know, you've been there so many times. I was lucky enough to be a four-year starter. I've played in... I can't even count how many big games. So it's one of those things where I've definitely been there before, and it's definitely going to help translate to the next level because every game is a big game in the NFL, you know, and you're prepared for that after playing in the SEC. You're listening to the OTP from Mobile, Alabama, presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Don't get sacked by the high cost of health care. Make Farm Bureau Health Plans your first line of protection. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. The best part of Senior Bowl week to me might be the unusual stories. I got two for you. Let's go back to Auburn cornerback Roger McCrary. McCrary has the unusual habit of eating two plates of beans on the night before games. He plans to continue that in the NFL. As a matter of fact, Roger McCrary hopes for an endorsement from Bush's beans, not to take Duke's place in their TV spots, but to join Duke with Jay Bush as they roll that beautiful bean footage. Oh, yes, I've been doing that since, like, I was a child. But at home, I eat a pan, though. Like, I eat a pan the whole day. What got you started doing that? It's just, like, pork and beans in a can. So that was the food my mom used to say, cook some pork and beans in a can. And that was it. And it just grew from that to Bush to all types of beans. That's pretty good for an off-the-field story. But how about an incredible on-field story? Here once again is Reese's Senior Bowl Executive Director Jim Nagy as I ask him, who is Troy Anderson? I think teams are trying to figure that out. I know one thing, he's a good football player. So he's from Montana State, really incredible backstory. So the guy goes to Montana State, is all big sky as a running back his first year. They move him to quarterback. He's the offensive player of the year in the big sky, quarterback his second year. They flip him to defense. He's the defensive player in the big sky two years in a row at linebacker. So some teams see him as a six foot four guy that can really run, 
developmental linebacker, core special teams player right away. And other teams see him as Taysom Hill. They see him as a gadget guy on offense that, you know, you can snap the ball to. He can do a bunch of things and be a core special teams player. So, yeah, it's a big week for Troy. They went to the FCS National Championship game here about a month ago. But he's he's a, he's a guy that's 6'4". He can really, really run. And I think he's going to do some of both this week. I think teams are really trying to figure him out, but they know he's a good football player. Like, that's a crazy football resume. You know, your, your conference player of the year at, at, two, at, at two different yeah. sides of the ball. Yeah. Um, yeah, pretty amazing. That's incredible. And we will see where Troy Anderson is asked to play this week. The Titans coaching staff is headed to Las Vegas to catch the Pro Bowl. But the Titans personnel staff is here in Mobile all week, including General Manager John Robinson. I caught up with John for a quick visit on the South Alabama campus as he begins work in earnest on the 2022 season. Hancock-Whitney Stadium, Mobile, Alabama, the 73rd Senior Bowl. Titans General Manager John Robinson joining me, Mike Keith here, as uh, we talk about what is to come as the page turns to 2022. You begin this process, where do you start? Yeah, I mean, we've gone through some some draft meetings already in early December, Mike. You know, our scouts have been on the road going to games, going to practices around the uh, country at colleges. Um, and now it's really my first exposure during this all-star season to to the prospects, getting down to sit, you know, sit, get to know them a little bit. Um, they're brief interactions, but at least it's a first impression on the player uh, and a great opportunity this week to watch these guys come out here and compete. Why is the Senior Bowl such an indicator of guys not only being drafted but making an NFL roster? Well, I think it's you know it's the competition level. It's the the you know it's the best of the best that can come out for one week, and and you, you get a lot of individual one on ones. I mean, we pay particular attention to those uh, reps because in the NFL game, that's what it ultimately comes down to is who can win the one on one matchups. Are the linemen actually guys that are easier to project from here with what you're able to watch, both offensive and defensive? You can see the technical side of, of their skills, um, their hand placement, their pad level, their footwork. Um, it's something that they can work on uh, throughout the course of week of practice, and it gives us something to really evaluate. Supposedly, according to all the prospect lists, six of the top seven quarterbacks, at least for right now, are here in Mobile. If you watch a quarterback and you grade a quarterback at the Senior Bowl, what sorts of things are you looking for? A lot of the same things you're looking for during the season. You know, it's uh, decision-making, accuracy. Is he over-talking to the receivers after they have a rep? Is he talking to the lineman after a 9-on-7 period that's about the run fits? You know, his interaction with his teammates, but certainly the productivity that he has throughout the course of the week, ball placement, and, and how quickly can he acclimate himself uh, to a bunch of different receivers because these guys really haven't thrown to these guys before. So uh, it's a good measuring stick. What do you like about the edge rushers that are here in Mobile this week? You've got some guys that have some versatility that can kick down into a three technique and rush in there as well. Um, but there's some fastball guys. I mean, there's some guys with some juice off the edge um, that can speed rip you know, around these tackles and get pressure. Uh, it'll be interesting to evaluate those types of players, those fastball guys, uh, to see what their counter move is when these tackles set them for, for speed. Can they counter and rush with power? Do they have a counter move to spin back inside? You know, what's their answer to what the tackle is going to do to them? Six straight winning seasons, playoffs for the last five years and three straight. What's the key in this offseason to keep that going for the Tennessee Titans? Continuing to build it, Mike, like we have every year. You know, this isn't the first time that we've, you know, kind of gone through this. I think it's going to be important for us. Next year's team is going to look different than this past year's team. We did a lot of good things throughout the course of the season, but 
you know, it's time to build. It's time to try to take that next step. You know, we had the first overall seed. We won the division again. You know, certainly we're all disappointed that we weren't able to finish the season, but there's only one team that holds that trophy at the end of the season. We want to continue to work and try to build and try to be that one team. Last year, you made defense a priority, and the defense certainly got better. It doesn't seem like there's that one area that you have to have specific improvement to take the next step. Is it going to be a lot of little things in this offseason? Yeah, probably so. You know, there was a lot of noise made last year about the coordinator position, that we needed to do this and we needed to do that, and we stuck with what we believed in. Um, and we certainly paid, you know, the dividends were paid this year with the way we came out and played defense. So, you know, we, we've got to continue to improve on that side of the ball. But, but it's not like it's a massive overhaul there. Let me ask you one team question specific to Derrick Henry since we're in Alabama. Did he come through the playoff game health-wise the way you had hoped? Yeah, I mean, he came out fine. You know, he really worked hard to get back. You know, he's a volume runner. He's, he's proven that over his career. And he, I think he was just starting to get into a groove and we came up a little short, you know, in that game versus Cincinnati. But I know he's anxious to, to get back to work um, and get back out there with his teammates. And we're certainly anxious to get him back out there. John Robinson with us, and obviously here all week as the Titans staff goes through interviews, watches practices, and prepares for what's coming up, and that is the 73rd Senior Bowl this Saturday at 1.30. From Hancock-Whitney Stadium with John Robinson, I'm Mike Keith. Thanks for joining us. That's Titans General Manager John Robinson. I end this edition of the OTP from Mobile, Alabama with a question. Did you get your COVID-19 vaccine? Don't forget, it's recommended that you also get the COVID-19 booster. Having the booster will further protect you from the COVID-19 virus. Our entire Titans radio team did just that, and we are all very thankful. Everyone 12 years and older can get a booster after completing their primary vaccine series. To learn more about COVID-19 boosters and how to get one, visit covid19.tn.gov. For Ashley Farrell and everyone on our Titans team, I'm Mike Keith in Mobile, Alabama at the Reese's Senior Bowl, thanking you for listening to this special edition of the OTP. Welcome.